Welcome to the Two Cent Dad podcast, where we interview dads to discuss their journeys of intentional fatherhood while doing work they care about and living a life of purpose. I'm your host, Mike Sudik. Uh, children uh, will send you to the highest of highs and the lowest of low places. And so you will feel so amazing sometimes. You'll see them. They'll be laughing and interacting and just be like, I'm a wonderful parent. And then the next moment, they'll be fighting and you'll see something in them that you did and you'll be like, I am going to ruin their lives. On today's episode, I sit down with Alan Branch. Alan runs a software company out of Panama City, Florida and has two young children. He's seriously considering traveling the world on a boat if he can only convince his wife of that. Let's jump into the interview with Alan. So what's going on, man? Just working, trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. Yeah, Rub rubbing two quarters together, you know? That's the way it works. <laughs> we're actually talking about downsizing our house now. Oh, Just, really? Is yeah, that- we're talking about doing it this year or renting out and selling okay. in a couple of years. That's the, the latest thing. We have been, we saved money for retirement. Like I said, I'm just tired of paying. We pay about four grand for this house with like, um, you know, mortgage and uh, utilities, and then something always breaks. Yeah. Um, so the average will be about four grand. Um, the mortgage is only twenty hundred dollars a month, but like the pool is only resurfacing in like four yeah. years, and that's like fifteen thousand dollars. And I'm, I want like a small house now. I want I want no maintenance. <laughs> I thought, I thought, I'll just build a warehouse, like a metal warehouse. On my dad's property. That it's sounds good. Metal. There's nothing that could break on it. You yeah. Know, it's, it's all utilitarian. It's like living in a Jeep, you know? You're just yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, nothing, you know, nothing's in a rust. That's nothing, great. It's concrete floors, no carpet. Yeah. Um, so you get, but you guys aren't thinking about doing the whole RV thing. I mean, you're thinking about doing that full time because you're looking at getting an RV, right? We've talked about that too. Yeah. I had the paperwork in front of me like uh, three weeks ago, deposit pulled from the investment account. And just couldn't pull the trigger on it. Uh, at service level, they're like, "Oh, not that expensive." And the company was going to pay for all the gas and stuff. Yeah. And um, but once you break down insurance and then repairs, and then it's like, "Oh God, it's not you know five hundred dollars a month payment ends up being right. once you actually calculate things into it." So it's like a mobile home. Yeah. In, in that sense. <laughs> in the sense, that's a whole other thing to take care of. Yeah. We've talked about doing full time RVing too. We we just don't know. I really want, and my wife will be pissed if she's heard this again. <laughs> I really want to live on a sailboat. Is what I really want. To See, but that's got a whole. I mean, you're you go you go to port to port, and then you just settle there, and then you kind of do the stuff there. Or how like how does that actually yeah, exactly. work? Exactly, you can live at most marinas, which are really nice, centrally located to downtown mm-hmm. uh, marinas, like the one here. Is five hundred fifty bucks a month. They charge you per foot. Okay. But, but the boats we're looking at would be about five fifty a month, all your utilities included. Okay. And a parking space for the cars. So it's not like you're getting rid of the cars. Yeah. You know, it's just a drastically smaller living space. Um, and there is maintenance on. There's not that much maintenance. Yeah. And you can go to a mooring, which is like a, a an anchor. Yeah. Uh, on the hook, uh, which is free. <laughs> but then you got to take something in and. And all that. It's a little dingy. Yeah. You know, you take more time. And but my parents have a dock too. We can always build off of their dock and, and just dock it there. Yeah. 
So, you know, that's, that's what I really want to do. I really want to get on a sailboat and go to Cuba today. That's what, do, what do you think you've missed from that, though? I mean, like, the maintenance is the obvious appeal. Like, I, I, I would love to do that, too. And same situation. I would love to probably go live in an RV. My wife would be like, you know, hell no. But yeah. I don't know, like, what like what do you miss in that? You, I mean, there's psychological things you could say, like, oh, your kids, kids are going to have, like, a, a place to put down roots. Yeah. I don't really believe that. Um, obviously, square footage, you're around each other more. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't shut the door to your office. There's no, like, office space. You'd be working yeah. like, in a dinette next to the kids. Yeah. Or in a coffee shop nearby or in the back of the boat or, you know, topside or something. Um, I don't know what you miss out. You miss out on a mortgage maybe. If you, know. <laughs> um, the, oh, you guys you guys homeschooled though, right? Is that what yeah, you do? Yeah, homeschooled. Yeah, okay. Kids, yeah. How do you guys, how do you guys with that, how do you kind of give them some more social interaction? So I was homeschooled first yeah. through fourth grade and we were involved in homeschool groups locally. So that yeah. got us like a sports team and we played like roller hockey, nothing crazy. Yeah, but yeah, it was fun. And it, and it, it added a little bit of social dynamic to it, you know, something because yeah. you, you can't get a sports team homeschooling because you got four people on a team, you know? Yeah, um, there's uh well here in Florida, you can actually be homeschooled. Like Tim Tebow, if you know Tim Tebow, he was homeschooled and played for a high school football team. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So you don't yeah. actually have to go to a school. Um, at least that's the way in the state of Florida now. When I was okay. a kid, I, was, I went to high school to play football. I was homeschooled until high school. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, you could always say, oh, they're missing out on social interaction. There's kids that live on Zambos too, though. Um, yeah. I follow a blog where the people are in like Madagascar right now, sailing with a group of Yeah. Adults. I think you said um, that. So there me. are kids. Um, you know, do they miss out on interaction between other little bratty kids? Sure, they do. <laughs> most kids, I mean, most kids when you give them groups of like more than three, they're terrible. Right, right. Like they start ganging up on each other and being mean to each other. Is this the start of a Louis C.K. skit? Is this a... Is it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I could just... You know Louis C.K.? I could just see oh, yeah. it going into him like, you know, three kids get together and then going on a whole bit, you know? <laughs> sure, yeah. They're Sorry. just monsters. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not... Foul mouth as he is, though. He's a little more a little fouler than I. Yeah, am. yeah, he definitely is. He definitely, and he's is. way funnier too. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. You know, the kids around us, and I guess you'd say they miss out. I was a little awkward. Sure, I think most homeschoolers are awkward. You know, yeah, because they do miss out on all like the, the the inside jokes at school and stuff. And when I I remember playing on sports teams growing up, and I didn't know their jokes and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, okay. Um, I don't think it walked me in some terrible way or anything. Yeah, not not irreversible or anything. Are your kids homeschooled? They they're gonna be. So we I have a four year old and a two year old and then uh my four year old he could technically start this year, but my wife's going back to school. So that's she'll be done next summer and then that next fall is where we're gonna start him. But we've been starting I mean home it's kinda relative, you know, like we've we have like activity books we go through, which that's yeah. how homeschooling should be anyways, that's I think. Is, yeah. It's like it shouldn't be like we're just gonna do school now. I mean I think you're a big yeah. believer in School's all the time. It's life, man. It's all the time, know. yeah. Anna did this thing this morning uh, with the kids. She makes them journal in the mornings. The kids are six and eight. She makes them journal. So on the board, um, Jimmy comes down early. Anna will sleep until eight. Jimmy comes down about 6.30 when I do. And on the board, it says, like, uh, I would like to say it said, I want to go to dot, dot, dot. And Jimmy had to write a couple sentences about where he'd want to go. So he picked a place on the map. He picked Zimbabwe. He wrote a little sentence about Zimbabwe. Anna came down later, looked online, and looked like watching YouTube videos about hippopotamuses and stuff and that's Zimbabwe cool. and you know, that sort of thing. 
that's homeschooling. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's obviously going to be some math and stuff like that. And uh, Jimmy has uh, jujitsu practice this afternoon. So that's, you know, that's all homeschooling. You know? so it's just being around their kids and just, yeah, hey, what do you think that is? What do you think that's made of? Well, you know. Yeah, exactly. Keeping that curiosity is all of this. It's a lot, it's a lot less like sit down and let me teach you lessons. Yeah. And just being, you know, having them a part of your life and talking to them. Yeah. Teaching lifetime learning too. Yeah. I, can, I mean, the, the, the things I like about school, uh, I, I lost all my curiosity when I went to school. Like I, I thought like learning must be fed to me. Yeah. It wasn't until I found uh, design, specifically Photoshop when I was like, and then HTML where I was like, oh, this makes me curious. Yeah. Everything else was just learning for the sake of taking tests. Yeah. And, um, and so as opposed to when homeschooling, it was like, hey, what do you want to learn about? Like, oh, we were, we're traveling to this place in the RV we had growing up, and we'd be like, we're going to learn about this thing, you know, Williamsburg or Jamestown or the Civil War or something. Yeah. So. Were you a big tinkerer, though? Do I not? Were you a big tinker when you were a kid, like taking stuff apart? Oh, I used to tear up. Yeah, taking things apart, yes. Putting them back together, no. <laughs> uh, took apart a lawnmower once and gave it back to my dad in, in like a bag. <laughs> I did that one time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was, yeah, I think, there was some profanities that came out of his mouth at that point. <laughs> it wasn't good for me to do that. And then when, when my sister turned sixteen, I was like twelve, and I was like, "I'm gonna change the oil on your Jeep." And I changed the oil, and I filled it up to the brim with oil. Oh my! Which God. You're not supposed to do that, right? That sort of stuff, uh, you know. Typical boy stuff. Too. I remember one time I found a rock in the driveway. I was like, "Oh, sweet rock!" About was in the, uh, like eight. I was like. <laughs> What if I break it? I was like smashed on the ground. I threw it to the ground. I look over and the window's broken. (laughs) All those kind of things. Learning, learning, right? You learned. (laughs) Yeah. My dad had a bunch of, I think at one point we had a bunch of PVC pipe in the yard and I I made like a car wash out of the PVC pipe. We ran our bikes through it and stuff. So we, we just did, my parents, there were five kids. So my mom would just be like, we didn't have TV either. So there was a bunch of kids on the street that actually homeschooled too. And my mom yeah. would just lock all the doors because there was always a baby in the family that was like crying. You know? Yeah. She, we would do our lesson in the morning and be done by 10. And she would lock the doors and be like, don't come back until the streetlights come on. <laughs> and we would just, I would just, sometimes we would just sail away like 10 miles away. We would just sail away. See, do you, do you let your kids do that now? Because I used to do that all the time when I was a kid. We would ride. It's crazy to think about how far we would ride. And my kids can't really ride bikes where they could go that far at this point. But yeah. it's like, I, yeah, I kind of get nervous at that. But it's I, we don't live in a bad neighborhood or anything. Yeah. But it's crazy. My kids will do our neighborhood. We have walkie-talkies. Okay. And, and there's some woods in our neighborhood, too. And they'll yeah. go ride their scooters on the neighborhood or ride their bikes and stuff. Or there's a couple of geocaching spots they'll check. Okay. See if there's new geocaching stuff in it. Yeah. Um, but Sarah's eight or Sarah's six and Jimmy's eight. And I think when I was exploring, I was probably more like 12. Okay. And I was also a really big 12 year old too. Like yeah. I was, probably this, I was probably like 150 pounds or something. Yeah. I was a big, like I was probably looked like a 16 year old. Yeah. Um, so they mess so with you. we used to <laughs> jump ramps over the kids. We were always coming back like skinned up knees and stuff. <laughs> One time I was going down the side street. And my friends had BMX bikes and had like a 10 speed. And they would do this thing where they'd ride their bike and they'd put their foot, like real slow. They'd put their foot in the front tire and then the spokes and the back tire would come up off the ground. And yeah. And then they go reverse. And I was like, I'm going to try that. And they were older than me. <laughs> I went down one of the other streets and I went really fast. 
And I, you're not supposed to go really fast. And I just threw my foot to the bike spokes. And then I woke up hours later, like on the sidewalk. <laughs> I guess I got thrown off and knocked out. And I was like, I had like blood all in my hair. That is great. So, well, I made it back home before the streetlights came on. <laughs> That's great. But we knew like, um, and it's, it's, Panama City is a small town. And like, I knew when we were sailing as kids that we could stop at any house. My parents made it clear that if you ever run into trouble, the boat mm-hmm. floats, you can't get back over. Just go to a house, knock on the door, tell them my dad, uh, my mom, parents live down there in the bay. Yeah. Can I use your phone? And yeah. we knew the phone number and we would call it, you know. Um, but we always had people ask us, uh, you know, like, why aren't you guys in school? <laughs> <laughs> but um, it never seemed like, never seemed unsafe. And, and Jimmy's learning how to sail by himself. They, they, they explored, not to the extent I think of, that I did. Yeah. Because, you know, bikes when you're a kid are just, you just, yeah, you're gone. gone. Yeah, for miles. Hey, so tell me about tell me about your tell me about what what you do for a day job, Alan, and how that plays into being a parent and growing yes. a business. Also, so um, Less Accounting is our main product. Less Accounting is a small business bookkeeping application. Mm-hmm. It's software as a service, and then we have a film company called Less Films that I'm really focused on right now. Uh, that do explainer videos for tech companies. Um, ranging from startups to engine yards, smartlings, Salesforce, uh, Compose, which is an IBM company now. Um, and then uh, we have a new product we came out with called Less Churn. It's for mm-hmm. SaaS applications. Uh, and I've balanced around on all those doing marketing and content writing and UI and just kind of just, just doing stuff all day. Just yeah. to what the day it is. So how do you, do you involve your kids in that? Have they been in, I mean, have they seen kind of what you do? And obviously you work out of your house some. Yeah, I work at my house and uh, I used to work out of of a co-working space, which was nice, but uh, I'm working out of my house and I like that for the most part. And uh, I think my oldest son, he just stopped, he used to say, I drew pictures on the internet. That's what he said. And I don't think Sarah has any idea, my daughter has any idea. Um, Jimmy says it's software, and um, I don't know how it's, I don't know how they explain what I do. It's, it's kind of hard for an eight-year-old to kind of yeah. You know, they don't even know what computer apps are or computer like they don't even really have concept of what the internet is. They go on the internet, but they're always like, "Hey man, my iPad, the videos aren't loading." I'm like, "You're not on, <laughs> you're not on Wi-Fi." And yeah. They're like what? They just think it's supposed to because they're used to the cell phone having always having videos. Right, right. So they're like, what, what, Wi-Fi, what? And it's just kind of a new concept to them. So my four-year-old, my four-year-old, when he sees the videos in iTunes, but the ones that have the cloud, he's like, we can't play those in the car, Alessandra. <laughs> That's what he tells her. So he exactly. knows that much. <laughs> yeah, he's he's, he's 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 more aware than my children. My kids are like, uh, we'll watch live TV once in a while, and they'll be like, a commercial come on, they're like, hey, what happened to our movie? <laughs> I'm like, like, why'd you change the channel? I didn't change the channel. It's a commercial. They're like, what? Yeah. So I had to explain to them, like, what a TV commercial is, what the, you know, that pays for the show that you're watching. Right. You know, so they're just like, it's like a new generation, you know. It's just. Yeah, like we were in the supermarket the other day and we, we saw a payphone and my son got it and he listened to the dial tone and he was asking me what it was. He's like, what is that sound? Like, is there someone, like, he thought someone was trying to talk to him. And I, had to, I was like, he's never heard a dial tone. We don't have any landlines in our house. Like, that's. Right. Well, you are like uh, busy signals. Yeah. Right. You remember calling them, and then they'd have some, the busy signal for hours and you'd have someone go over there and be like, is something okay? You guys all right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, your phone's off the hook. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, 
Yeah, Mike, the, ki- the kids now don't have any, like, they're not going to understand blockbusters and be kind rewind or any of that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, it's just it's just a whole nother you know, generation. Of course, my parents had to tell me, I got this old sign out of my grandfather's barn workshop thing, this storage building that had, it said, it was a phone number for a horse stable. I pushed that breeds horses, excuse me. And it said Sunset 5060, mm-hmm. which is a party line. And party lines were actually phone lines uh, that people would all share a number. Mm. Several houses would have it. And, um, and so you'd pick up the phone and it'd be three or four, like, person back, like, no, I'm on the phone right now. You're like, okay. And it would ring everyone's house. You may have a different ring for your house, but it rings everyone's house. It's kind of before having your own individual phone lines. Yeah. So gotcha. party lines. And the sunset was the prefix. So you would, like, I don't even know. I guess you'd call an operator and say sunset 5060. And they eventually came out like the sunset name changed to like seven eight five like the, the first three digits. Oh yeah. But uh, I mean, that was like you know fifties early sixties technology, and I didn't have any idea what that yeah. was. I'm sure my, our parents were like they're not even what party ones on. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid kids. These <laughs> days, walked up hills, cool mud ways. Oh, that's great. So, 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 tell me about. Um, a little bit about like things that you want to instill in your kids. I mean, that's one of the things that I've thought about lately has just yeah. kind of been like, how do I, I'm, I'm kind of big on experiences. I think that's kind of what has driven you to be an go wanted to buy an RV. And that's, that's kind of yeah. me. It's like, I want my kids to kind of see the world. We took them to India, um, which was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, but you know, in that it's like, it's not just the experience of seeing the stuff. It's really like, how do you interact with people? How do you, you know, yeah. how do you meet people that are different than you? But sure. I don't know what, what kind of, what are you really like excited about get, instilling in your kids or what do you want to yeah. make sure you don't like screw up, you know, when it comes to that? Well, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff with that, yeah. but I, uh, you know, you always don't want to pass down your issues to your kids and your insecurities. Right. So that's my first thing, right? Like, it's just like, Oh God, I hope you don't get my issues. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they'll do something, you know, they'll do something. You'll be like, Oh my God, that's me. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Stop that. Just stop doing that. Yeah. Don't like, why, me. why are you yelling at me? I don't know. Just stop doing what you just did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I tell my kids, I want my kids to be curious and unafraid to do things that should scare them. I don't mean reckless. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want them to be like evil Knievel, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but as far, there's, there's lots of people that wait for permission to do things. Mm-hmm. And for the right time, I guess, kind of ruins a lot of things for people saying that's not the right time. Yeah. Um, just like you said, being just, you know, I don't know if travel does it. We travel, uh, we do lots of road trips, but um, my issue, like example, we went to Costa Rica a few times uh, mm-hmm. over the last few months, few years. We've been there like a, probably eight weeks out of three years. Yeah. And, you know, you'll see a place, a little soda, which is a little restaurant on the side of the road, and it's all locals. And we were driving a car, and you'll be like, oh, God, that's not where we should go because that's for us and we're white people. And then you go, no, that's your issue. They don't really care. They're just going to charge you extra. (laughs) Yeah. And you just go, right? But I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want them to have my social fear of like, oh, that's not for me. I don't feel right there. You know, so those sorts of things. And, I, and and so I think the experience is just teach kids to be 
uh, okay with being uncomfortable and not knowing things and just being curious and asking dumb questions and, 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 and being okay with feeling awkward in a situation, but not letting that scare them away. Um, and I think travel does that. I think meeting lots of people does yeah. that. I think, um, I want them to be, uh, interesting, but not like egotistical people. Like oh, I've been all over the world <laughs> and my father sailed with me. You know, I don't want to be like that, but I do want them to be, um, you know, interesting people. I, I always worry that my kids are going to be like really boring people that like sell insurance or something. I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, like oh. well just like scared, like, you know, and I think maybe our generation was, was taught like, go, go buy a house. Yeah. It's the best thing you can do. And there's so many those sort of social things that we're just like, oh, that's what I got to do. I got to go to college and I got to do this thing. You're good at math. You should be an accountant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's sort of like, no, I don't really want to be an accountant. You know, um, all those sort of social things. I don't want them to have those issues with feeling like they're being forced into something or just in a track. How do you how do you do that appropriately? So like if your kids are homeschooled and say they get homeschooled all the way through high school. And then they're kind of like, well, I don't really know what I want to do. I think I'm going to go travel around Europe or something. And yeah. they they become this kind of like directionless. So to take the other side of that argument to say mm-hmm. like, well, they're just going to be, they're going to kind of waste their life just backpacking around Europe and they're never going to amount to anything. Like, so is there a balance? I think there's kind of a balance there, um, yeah. you know, like to say, you know, carefully, but be intentional. So you don't want to be sure. lazy and you don't want to just be lackadaisical. Right. But but you want to, I, I mean, I think that's kind of modeling, you know, modeling hard work, but still modeling like this oh, sense yeah. of vulnerability or, you know, well, trying to my, um, my parents, like the cardinal sin of my family is like to be lazy. Yeah. Like you don't, you're not lazy. Do not be lazy. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, no. So I don't even know, like I'm far from lazy. So I don't think <laughs> the kids are going to be la- like my mom would know. And so I, we don't do much TV and, yeah. So I don't I don't fear them being like lazy, slothful people. Yeah. Uh, as far as like maybe backpedal to college, right? I, there's a whole issue I have with college, which is you're when you're 18, you don't know what you want to do for the rest of your life because you haven't yeah. done it. It's kind of a silly time to be like, I'm going to be a, an insurance uh, architect. Like, what, have you really even seen any architecture? Yeah. Like, have you experienced anything amazing with an architect? No, you just know that you're good at math. And then, you know, architects make between fifty and $75,000 in your guys' country. So that's a good idea. You know, that's all you really know. Like, I remember people tell me, like, you should be a, a civil engineer. I'm like, why? And they're like, well, you like AutoCAD, don't you? I'm like, yeah, I, mean, I like the AutoCAD class. I think you're good at math. I'm like, I don't even know what, what do they do, you know? Uh, they design, like, sewer systems for cities. And I'm like, that sounds terrible. Um, but it's a proper career, Alan. And if you don't choose yeah, exactly. that, you're a failure. <laughs> Right. And so like, uh, backpacking around Europe, I, I would love for my kids to do that. You know, um, Derek Sivers was a, uh, from CD Baby, he was a ringleader of a circus for a long time. No way. I didn't know that. Yeah. Right? And so like, what does that teach you? It teaches you to be really good in front of people and yeah. charismatic and yeah. standing up and act and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, as far as like, if the kids like want to backpack across Europe for years or I don't care if my kids, I would rather them be like, some dude that teaches surf lessons in Ecuador or something, <laughs> you know, then like an insurance salesman you know, living in some place they don't like feeling trapped and scared and, you know, doing all the other things that everyone else around them does because that's what makes them feel safe. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, yeah. 
it's not that position. It's just the if they are tra- if they're doing it just because. Then right. that's that's the sin, you know. Almost. <laughs> I don't care how much money they make, as long as they're happy and comfortable. Yeah. Uh, and they're doing something that they, they enjoy, or you know. And then if they're giving back to society or whatever that is, that's great too. But as long as they're happy and if they have kids, I like them to have kids. You know, that's weird. Yeah. I would like to have grandkids one day. That's weird to say that as like a new parent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess everyone was kind of like a legacy, you know, like so kind of interesting, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just like like we're we're talking about downsizing our house, and there's all these sort of like weird issues I have, which is like, um, we're gonna break even on this house. We've been here for eight years. We're gonna break even on our house. No, we should keep it till we make yeah. money. Why? What? Why do I think that way? Yeah, and it's like, well, we can stay in this house and make like maybe stay here two more years and make like thirty grand. Thirty grand? Who cares? Yeah, thirty grand is nothing. I can make thirty grand on a project if I want to. Yeah, I don't. Why, what's physical? Like my psychological weird issue I have with getting rid of the stupid house. Yeah. Right? It's like, it's a loss. We were upside down for a long time in it. And now we're like almost breaking even, but I'm still like, oh, I can't have a loss with my home. That's the right thing to do for my retirement. Yeah. So it's like, I don't want them to have those sort of weird issues, you know? Yeah. Um, so, Where do you think those come from though? Like, uh, in you, you know what I mean? Like, Because my parents weren't like, they never told us like go buy a house or anything like that. And uh, so it wasn't like they, I was told to go buy a house by anybody. No one yeah. told me that. It's this weird, maybe it's this thought of like all my, all, everyone else I know is making money on a house. I should too. Mm-hmm. You know, no one told me you need to get a mortgage and buy a house. This, you know, it's just, maybe it's some sort of comparing issue that I have. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly something I don't like. Um, you know, I don't want to be the guy that just like, you know, has foreclosures all over their credit record. Credit right, credit report. Right. But I don't really necessarily should even want to really care about my credit report either. Like that's right. the stupid thing that banks think you, they make it important in your life. Like, Banks want you to have credit. Well, if you don't need banks, you don't need a credit report. Right. <laughs> exactly. So if you just don't ever need, if you don't need a loan, then you don't need a bank. You don't need a credit report. Yeah. So I don't know. It's this weird sort of um, thing. But I want them to be happy and, and um, you know. But do you think, Alan, it's like a, it's a measuring stick though, like a societal measuring stick though, like the house thing. I mean, that's, even though your parents need that, like I, that's how I feel sometimes. I mean, yeah. one of the things like we rented for a long time and I, I really did not want to buy a house because yeah. I didn't want to buy a house that was maybe a little bit nicer than we could afford. And then we're surrounded by all these people that have nice cars. And then I'm going to oh. feel like I want to keep up with them. And I was like, I do not want, I was really adamant about that. And and now that we have bought a house, I kind of feel that. I'm like, oh, like how nice is, like I need to paint my house or like I got to mm-hmm. keep the yard nice. And I'm like, I hate that. I, I absolutely hate it. But it, I don't know. It, my parents were never like that. They were never right. like, it's not like they had a prim proper house or whatever, you know? Yeah, like, I same my parents, didn't have, they live in a neighborhood that's actually, their house is nice because it's on the water in Panama City, but their neighbor's houses aren't that nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, once you get into a nice neighborhood, then you see everyone else with really nice cars. And my neighborhood's full of doctors and attorneys. Yeah. And that have like BMWs and big ass yeah. cars. And, and my truck's this old, you know, old Chevy that's completely paid off. It's actually antique, but it's not that nice. It looks like an old beater truck. Yeah. Uh, it's turned now turned into a source of pride. Like, yeah. I do have times where I'm like, damn it, you could go out and get a Tesla and pay cash for it. Yeah, <laughs> you could go out and get some really nice stuff, but the other part of me is I I like that like they don't realize that I have money and I don't have a lot of money, but they don't realize that I'm not you know mortgage to the gill like they may be. Yeah. They don't know that, yeah. but I know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so and I don't have to know their finances. Like there's you know it's 
yeah, you want to keep up. It's it's weird that sort of issue wanting to keep up and like like it's just yeah. I, I hate all that kind of stuff. It's 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 so like beyond just like wanting to do it. It just takes up brain cycles where you're just like yeah. Why am I even thinking about this? There's so many yeah. better things in the world to be thinking about. It can be you know it can be cutting the grass and the, the nice car passes by. I'm like, why am I cutting my grass? I could hire someone to do this. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I even thinking about that? That's so dumb. You know, it's just like I don't want to even think about those things. I think I read a post. I think I read a post that you did a while back about like paying to work out or something like that. You were like on a run and someone was cutting your grass and you're like, dang it, I just paid this guy because yeah. I, I could work out. <laughs> right, yeah. I paid 60 bucks to cut my grass and I went for a job. And I was like, I just paid 60 bucks to get for a job. Uh, the thing about all those things is like we have a pool and, and, and you know, we all pay for oil changes. Yeah. Right? I, don't, I don't know anybody really changing their own oil. There's a threshold of like when a task becomes overbearing mentally and it's mm-hmm. a st- thing of stress. But if you can keep those things like um, cutting the grass, I'll cut it in like two separate nights. Like I'll cut for an hour in the front or 30 minutes or whatever. Yeah. And then I'll cut the other parts another time. I don't let it stress me out. Yeah. Yeah. And so it becomes a thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to cut the grass. It'll be over in like 45 minutes. It's exercise, save a little bit of money. Uh, the pool is a little bit more frustrating than it because it's always yeah. like, you gotta get the chemicals right, but um, yeah, you know it's uh, it's. It, but then other I, people pass by me, and I'm always like, "You look like a poor person because you're cutting your own grass." And I had a cheap yeah. little pushover. It's, yeah. it's, it's little, <laughs> no, it's like eighty bucks. It's the crappiest one. It run, it's been running for years. Um, so there is all this just psychological keeping up with people, and uh, so going back to the like the teaching the kids hard work, do you think if you were to pay people to do all that stuff, like what effect do you think that would have on your kids? Like, you know what I mean? I don't, they, I don't think it's bad or like, I don't think it can be negative. Right? Or, I mean, if, if I cut my grass and I let it stress me out and I'm mean to the kids or I'm, I say something <laughs> offhand, then it negates the whole like, I'm right. being so cutting my own grass. Right. 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 Uh, if, if I let someone else cut my grass and I spend that time being great to my kids and we learn guitar together. That's great too, right? <laughs> There's no right answer, uh, you know. But um, we, we, I try to like, you know, everything's a teaching moment, even when you don't do the things right. So like, mm-hmm. you know, Jimmy and I will clean the carburetor in the in the lawnmower, and we'll talk about what a carburetor does, and yeah. this is a socket wrench, and this, you know, chemicals is interesting. That's that's chemistry, right? Right. So, right. You know, why are we adding acid to the pool? And look, this will burn you. And this is muriatic acid versus hydrofluoric acid, and those sorts of things, but um, you can certainly make all those things into bad if, depending on your attitude. And uh, occasionally it does, right? We'll, we'll do we'll do a project together, and I'll we were we we redid a sailboat this past winter. One of my most embarrassing stories. We redid the sailboat. And we're like almost done, and we're gluing pieces back onto the boat. Uh, and there's some glue. We we spent weeks redoing this boat, and we're probably like eight hundred dollars in paint and glue and gaskets, and it's it gorgeous. And Jimmy knocks over this glue accidentally and just spills all over the freshly, like, newly dried paint. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I grab, like, this cloth and, like, wipe, just pulling back the paint as if uh-huh. it was, like, icing on a cake. Just just a streak. And I'm just like, god damn it. And I started to throw my socket wrench in my hand. And I'm just like oh, God, he's going to see you do this, and it's going to be <laughs> it's gonna be a moment in his life. He's going to be like, 
this one, I don't ever want to get on the sailboat again because this one time my dad, yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, do you have me? But I was like, oh, it'll be okay. Okay, just give me a minute. Let me walk around for a second. Uh, you know, and so we, we, I mean, he probably, he's seen me plenty of times lose my temper over projects that uh, started out with good intentions and ended up looking a little silly. Right. But if you address them and say, hey, you know, I lost my temper, it's okay. It's embarrassing, but I lost my temper and I apologize. You can turn the bad into the good, too, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, um, I, I, my dad is like, especially growing up, he was like super, it still is pretty zen with like anger. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even my mom, too. I have never, I heard my mom cuss like one time. Never seen them argue ever, ever. Like, not even like, oh, dinner was burned, but nothing even like sarcastic. Was that, was that detrimental? Like, to like, you in your marriage? Uh, no, I don't no. think so. Sure, you just have to strive to. Well, it does make you go like, when your parents are like the Michael Jordan of parenting, <laughs> yeah, and you're like an average basketball player of parenting, yeah. <laughs> you know, it makes you go like, well, I'll never be as good as my parents. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it's uh, my, my parents are super zen with their, with their patients. Only a few times my dad ever got like mad, but he was really good at like saying, here's why we're getting mad, and, and I was wrong, and those sort of things, so. Uh, you try to be that way, I guess. I always, I always say people that have bad parents have a nice excuse to be bad too. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> you just, no one's going to expect anything from you. <laughs> right. Be mean. Uh, my dad's dad died when he was like uh, nine. So he grew up without a dad. His dad was like severely abusive, alcoholic, um, murdered a few people even. Like he was terrible brilliant entrepreneur but just a terrible person mm -hmm. uh, and so it's amazing that my dad went from that not having anybody to, yeah you know, to being a, just an amazing dad so uh so, you know, then, then, then there comes me yeah <laughs> it skips a generation yeah <laughs> then the next one will be better right jimmy will be good <laughs> yeah, jimmy, like i'll do the opposite of alan <laughs> so. what do you want to teach your kids let me ask you that that's a really good question. I think I, I, I'm a, a lot of similarities with you, Alan, actually, to not copy you too much. But um, I think to just to be curious, to be hard workers and to be curious would be the two things and just to be nice people. I mean, to be compassionate. Um, I think the biggest thing with traveling that that I really look, why I want to take my kids traveling is to set their perspective right. Like to your point of never wanting your kids to be insurance salesmen for the sake of that's why everyone did it. I never want my kids to be sheltered, like just to go to like a public school in like an all white neighborhood where sure. like they never meet anyone from anywhere else. And then they're, they grow up to be like very ignorant of the rest of the world. Like, I don't think they would ever, that would ever happen, but that's like a deep fear in me that they sure. would be like this, these ignorant white Americans that <laughs> like think that they have a horrible life because they don't have the latest iPhone or something, you know? And right. it's like, right. I, I don't like, want that. <laughs> yeah, the poor, the poor in our our country is not actually poor. Like oh, yeah. big TVs and I, you know, exactly. yeah, there's exceptions of homeless people and the people that are actually in poverty, but our standard of poor is like middle class. Yeah. So. I think what scares me about teaching my kids to learn though, like we want to homeschool is like, I kind of get a lot of pressure on myself. Like if I screw this, like if I screw this up, like maybe I don't teach them something right. Or, you know what I mean? Or like you like kind of miss something. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not right. really that rational of a fear. Because What's the worst that can happen? That sounds familiar. Like, oh, yeah, most homeschoolers become serial killers. Yeah. 
is yeah. not true, right? The worst case scenario is they go to college or they realize that they don't know that much about chemistry. Right, right. And their dad didn't do that good of a job in chemistry. But most of the stuff you learn in high school, you don't really ever even apply. Right. right? You really just kind of figure out like, oh, you like these kind of things? Uh, and then like, do you know basic algebra? <laughs> like even like most people don't even use basic algebra anymore. Like really to, to be successful, like well, to, the most math you need, it would be like, can you use a measuring tape? Yeah. <laughs> do you know what a diameter is and a radius? That kind of stuff. It's like, what is a half inch in decimal points? Oh, it's 0.5. You know, that's really all you know to be a, a, an amazing carpenter. Yeah. But if they're but if they're curious, if they have to know more than that, then they will. If they have an attitude of curiosity, then they're gonna like have the initiative to go learn about it. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. So. Find out, yeah. So I, I don't think I don't think there's any one particular thing you have to teach them besides curiosity. Like, yeah. Or making them feel like self conscious, like about because that's most of curiosity gets killed because you don't want to be judged by somebody. It's like, right. Well, I can't ask that that question. It's a stupid question. Right. Like, right. There was a lot of fear in me. I built my backyard shed, which was my office, but now it's my shed. Um, going into like building contractor supply places with old men who have built lots of things for a long time. Yeah. Just being like, uh, hey, what's a soffit? And yeah. they're like, what? You don't know what a soffit is? I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> you know, just having them just like talk. Like they never mean to me, but like. I'm sure they walked, I walked out there and they're like, that guy's an idiot. Probably <laughs> doesn't know what a party line is either. Right, yeah. <laughs> idiot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just, just being okay with asking the dumb question or, or knowing how to ask the question. Like a big skill now is like knowing what to Google. <laughs> right, right. All your answers are right there. You just need to know how to ask them. Yeah. So the facts are even less relevant. I mean, like the, to your the point. Memorization. Like, yeah. The memorization, the memorization of saying, I don't know about chemistry. Well, if you are curious about chemistry and you want to know about it, then it's all there. You know, you can Google you learn, it and you can learn the, it. You're the first yeah. steps and then you have permission to learn whatever you want to. Seth Godin, in one of his educational talks said, you know, uh, we're talking about schooling and he says, um, if you were going to, if you wanted someone to get really passionate about baseball, would you make them memorize the, the best 50 hitters in the, in, the, in, in the history of baseball or would you take them to a baseball game? Mm-hmm. You take them to a baseball game, then you take them to a minor league game, then you you would be experiential. It wouldn't be memorizing facts from a book. Yeah, right. So, so you know, school school's a whole. Other, parenting's one thing, and then you start getting weirder and weirder as you get into like homeschooling and and and, and even like um, nomad. There's lots of people that nomad now, so you can see it's people like uh, you can always say like, oh, schools school's kind of messed up like yeah they're like i want to then i'm like i want to live in a sailboat and they're like "Ooh, that's weird like there's very degrees of weird now so i'm venturing into this dark place yeah well i think i think just thinking about it is a big deal though like just just saying hey i'm not going to go the you know the the standard way and just my kids go to school and then i never see them again after age you know six (laughs) or never really speak into their life you know i was um you know our kids went to a charter school that was like two tenths of a mile from our house it's amazing school amazing teachers i knew the principal Mm -hmm. later started the school i just it was amazing school but they were just gone all the time yeah and it's like, I mean, you're not even around your kids, but like an hour and a half a day. Yeah. Like, all right, they're gone. We'll just wait till the week. Like, you know, they're like working for the weekend. Yeah. And that's how it felt. I felt like we're all just working for the weekend. We get a little time with our kids. And I'm like, I'm at home all day long and by myself. It just felt weird. It was weird to me. 
And then, then you get into like, well, I just want to spend more. I don't think I can educate them better, uh, but I, I maybe can give them a different education, but I want to be around them. Yeah. I mean, and, and not necessarily all the time because they annoy me sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> I want to be around them. Sometimes I'm like, get out of here. Uh, go outside. But, um, you know, being around the kids. And then so it's like, and then you know, the other sort of judgmental thing is with the kids are, people that have kids in school, you're always like, someone else is raising your kids. Like, yeah. These teachers, they're nice people, but they're raising your kids. You know, that just starts sounding weird when you start saying like, oh, your teachers are around their kids more than you are. Yeah. Like, Who's actually raising your kid? That yeah. Guy. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you're just reinforcing what the teacher says. Yeah. Then you go and you start thinking like, oh, how, if someone asks you like, how much time do you need, Mike, to to raise your kids right every day? How much time do you need? You'd be like, an hour and a half. <laughs> no, no, you you never answer with an hour and a half, right? You'd be like, I don't know, like a lot, a lot of time, right, to really raise them. But that's not the reality. The reality is we shove them into school and they're just gone. Yeah. And they come back with homework and crap. And it's just, you know, so the homeschooling thing for us made sense because it was time. I want time with them. So, so going on that though, Alan, like I got two questions on that. One is when they grow up in that environment where the priorities I would say are, are, are reset. I mean, cause you're basically saying like, you're going to prioritize some family time, but you're going to have a different relationship with, they're gonna have a different relationship with you and a, a interaction with their parents than most of their peers then. Um, do they then gravitate towards people like that? You know, like, um, do, do you know what I mean? Like, so if you, if you take your kids and live on a sailboat, they're going to not really, they're going to not relate as well to someone that just had kind of a normal upbringing. Not necessarily that that's bad. It's just gonna be different. So you gotta be cognizant of that. You know, like that's one of the things I've thought about. But the other thing is what, you know, if is, is are, are, like if you're really passionate about what you do for a living and that, and that is, and you're really driven to kind of drive that to success or whatever success is in your mind, um, are those mutually exclusive, you know, like, and is it, or, you know what I mean? Like, so doing what you're doing is definitely taking away from building your business. Is that, you know, if, if, if you can sustain yourself, then that's one thing, but if, if you have a drive to succeed and build that business and kind of move that forward, then, then they kind of do become mutually exclusive or, I mean, do you, do you agree with that or? That was like three questions. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll the first one. The first one was, um, uh, if you do your kids gravitate towards people that I guess are similar to them. Uh, I don't know about gravitate. Uh, I don't feel very, um, and I don't know if it's because of homeschooling or because I'm not, I'm not enlightened or anything, but there are some people who like hate their job yeah. Don't have hobbies, watch football all weekend, and that's their only thing they do. I don't really gravitate towards those people. Right. Like, even though I play football in college, I just don't really, you know, I can have conversations with them. Like, I think being homeschooled, what it did was it took me and my brothers and sisters into situations where we talked to a lot of adults. We would go yeah. work at my dad's car washes as like 10 year olds. I did sales, car, like, so like you'd pull up my dad's car wash, and this was a car wash with 50 employees as a 13 year old. I'm the person you talk to and I'm trying to talk you into getting armor on your tires and you don't want it. And I'm like, well, you need a matte shampoo. And then they're like, okay, kid, I'll, I'll buy the extra stuff. Right. But what it did was made me very good at conversations and sales. Right. And so, yeah, that's weird when you're 13 and 12, but it's a really great skill to have when you're 30 mm-hmm. or when you're 22 and you're doing job interviews. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, um, 
you know, it's, it gives you different things. It gives you different tools. My mom always had this saying of like, uh, you know, it's another tool in your toolbox. Just go get another tool. Like, go take music lessons. You're not going to be a professional musician, but it's another tool in your toolbox. Yeah. Um, you don't have to start any hobby or learning skill in the idea of like, I'm going to do this the rest of my life. Right. right. You can go learn some basic carpentry stuff. Doesn't mean you're like obligated to become a master carpenter. You can try out stuff and just learn little things. Yeah. It also makes you more conversational to know lots of little things because you relate to a lot of people. Right, right. It doesn't mean you're drawn to them or like I'm 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 I gravitate towards people that do odd weird things. Like I, I like people that run sailing schools and and have really weird hobbies. I took a beekeeping class for two weeks. Like I like that kind of weird, <laughs> weird stuff. Like it's like, yo, you have bees? What? Show me bees. <laughs> You know, that's the kind of stuff I like. You know, if you were like, I'm super into this football team, I'd be like, you know, uh, although uh, football's okay, but I shall, you know, um, as far as you're sacrificing time for your business with your kids. Yeah. Like um, I, yeah, you certainly do. Like there's no way to like donate, put mm-hmm. time and thought into this, these kids and not, and, 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 and not use that time. Maybe use that time more efficiently. So you can always say like, Oh, well, I only work 40 hours a week or 35 or whatever. And I'm more efficient than someone who works 70 or something. I don't really know. I, I think there are some sacrifices you make because you're thinking about the kids. And my kids are much more bigger worry than me, than my business. Yeah. Because I would sell my business in a moment. I would not sell my children. Right. <laughs> well, for the right price. Right, right. Depending on their attitudes that day. Yeah. Depending um, on the day. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I, maybe at this point in my life, too, I'm okay with like, I can live in a really small house now, maybe not super small, but like, you know, t- go back to a 1200 square foot house and just like, you know, work. I can, and at this point I could be, I could be a consultant and make a couple hundred bucks an hour, but you know, just work a lot less and not try to take over the world. My uncle yeah. uh, owns a bunch of restaurants and he's a CPA too. Years ago he said to me, he goes, you're still trying to take over the world, aren't you? I was like, huh? And now it makes sense. Like, I think, I think most people trying to take over the world or building huge businesses are younger people yeah, or older people that don't have kids. Yeah. And I think you could also say like, Oh, kids and, and, and spouses reset your priorities to what actually matters. But those people would say like, Oh, you don't really, you're not trying to make a dent in the universe, you know? So it's an argument both ways. Yeah. Um, I don't really have, a, I don't have the right answer for that. So I found much more fulfillment. Like my job now is, getting my work done uh, so I can spend time with the kids. And, you know, like that's all I, that's what I want to do. Right. I'd much rather do that than like be writing content marketing for our blog. <laughs> <laughs> like be serious. Like, and the reality is none of us are building anything that's going to last for generations. Uh-huh. Like, we're not, you and I are not Steve jobs. We're not Elon Musk. We're not yeah. any of those people. Um, all our code is going to be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Our clients are going to be gone and forgotten. We're not going to change the world. And so that's kind of a ridiculous dream to have. Um, but you are with your kids. I mean, not to be too like, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you, you genuinely are, you know? No, no, that, that's the only place you do make a dent in your yeah. with your kids, right? Like um, my, I always say my parents were like, uh, my parents didn't force me to work hard. They gave me the obligation to work hard and do something good. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, and that, not just necessarily for job and career, right? It's to be good for my kids. And they gave me that sort of perspective. Mm-hmm. Your, your, your job is the tool to give you time to spend time doing what you actually want to do. Right. Yeah, and maybe that's more code or whatever, but 
Um, it's not for me. I got code as a tool to get me money to spend time with my family. Would you ever want your kids to work with you? Like to have a family business where they could work with you or like, what would that look like? Sure. Yeah. I mean, Steve and I've always joked, Steve, my business partner has three kids. Mm-hmm. We always joked. Yeah. And I, I'd love to teach Jimmy, not because I love the craft of web and code and design, but because you make incredible rights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, and so I would love to teach him and not even, I would love to teach him just HTML and CSS. Um, Cause you can make a great lit and they make the killer money. Forget, you know, mowing yards and, and yeah. newspapers, go learn some HTML and just slice up some websites or install WordPress themes for people. Yeah. You know, uh, I used to cut my grandma's grass for like three bucks and take like two hours. These kids can make 25 bucks an hour as like 12 year olds. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily have a dream that we work together. Um, but, um, I'd like, I'd love to see them make money to do what they want to do. You know? Yeah. So what about you? Cause you work with your dad. Yeah. I work with my dad. So that's like, I don't know if I'd ever like, like, we're going to get the grandkids involved in this. No, I think he see, I mean, I think he sees business and I kind of share the same mentality as it's a tool to do what you want to do. It's also a tool to impact people. I mean, that's one of the things he taught me was like, this, this is a tool to not only provide for your family, but you employ these people, you employ people, you know, you interact with people that you're selling to or you're buying from. And that's all an opportunity to impact people's lives, you know? And, sure. and it's like, I think you can do that, whatever you're doing, you know, sure. but, um, it, I think that's more a mindset. I do probably have that same viewpoint, but it's more, it's more a mindset. It doesn't have to be like, he, he doesn't have to work with me. Like my kids doesn't have to work with me to learn that, you know, it's more nature. nature. I think, uh, do you know AJ Leon? No. So he runs a company called Misfits and they do a lot of like uh, nonprofit social charity stuff and, um, and uh, him and his team. So they use their, their skills, not like you could, you could be a person who like works a crappy job and you donate to charity and that makes you feel good. Yeah. Or you could be a person who has skills to help charities and goes after them and helps them with their skills, which right. I think is much more interesting. Uh, and so you could be a web designer and instead of taking, you know, local clients or whatever clients that bore you go after clients that actually, you know, nonprofits or people doing things that are really interesting to you. Yeah. I think that's cool. I, love, I just want, you know, I think it's much more fulfilling to be a part of something, helping someone than to just donate money blindly. Yeah. So, but AJ Leon has a really cool company called Misfits. So. I'll have to check him out. Yeah. That sounds cool. They do a thing. I don't know if this is a national thing, but they do a thing here in Grand Rapids, which is called Give Camp. Is that a is that a international thing? Mm-hmm. Basically, it's all like um, people that, that work in like um, you know design or development, yeah. or software development, and they all come together for like a, a weekend, and they partner with all local um, nonprofits, and they build the websites for them, they build web apps for them, and it's kind of like a a blitz thing. So like, I think the nonprofits submit their needs like a week before. So yeah. that's all the people that are going to be there kind of chew on it and try to figure it out. And then they just kind of just tackle it. And it's, it's really cool. I actually, yeah. I've only heard about it. I haven't actually been to one, but yeah. it's kind of what you're talking about, which is which sounds is really awesome. Yeah. yeah. So you gotta be careful with that. You can't, you're not supposed to write off your time for those sorts of things. Oh, so some people do that and you can't get away with it, but you're not supposed to. So you're supposed to, you really should only be able to write off your, if you give a physical thing uh, uh, or if, it, or if you're, the thing you give can be, uh, have sales tax added to it. Like some photographers um, have to charge sales tax and they can donate their time. 
um, but most uh, designers can't. But anyways, it, it does make you feel good, and it's it's cool doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't that was not accounting advice. That was counting. Uh, well, that was that was just accounting information, not advice. <laughs> yeah, you're so, pro- you're probably sensitive to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't want to don't drag me into your IRS audit. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, Alan. Um, well, hey, we should do this again, man. Um, yeah, anytime. But um, I'll let you go. So, hey, I, one last question I'll, I'll end you with, though. Yeah. If uh, so, so say a good friend of yours was expecting their first child. What advice would you give them? Oh, man, I've done this a couple of times. People are always like, hey, I'm having a baby. And it's totally unsolicited advice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, listen here. This is what I'm going to tell you. Uh, I had a buddy who passed away from cancer uh, about five years ago. My, one of my best friends. He was at my wedding, and we actually named my son after him. Actually, gosh, at this point, it was 10 years ago because my son's named after him. Um, uh, his dad said, kids will – children, you should never say kids because uh, kids are goats. Uh, children uh, will send you to the highest of highs and the lowest of low places. And so you will feel so amazing sometimes. You'll see them. They'll be laughing and interacting and just be like, I'm a wonderful parent. And then the next moment, they'll be fighting, and you'll see something in them that you did, and you'll be like, I am going to ruin their lives. Or, like in his case, his son died of cancer, right? That's a low place to be. He watched his kid die, right? My parents have struggled with my brother's Lyme disease. My brother's Lyme disease, he's 26 now. He stays at home. It's a daily struggle, right? So it's a very low place that they're in, right? But he sent them to many high places growing up. Like He played great sports. It was popular. And so just being forewarned that they'll send you to really low places. I mean, even as an infant, they're googly boobly boob and they're cute. And then like that night, they won't go to sleep. And you're like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Right. So it's a very low place when you're super tired and exhausted. Um, so just being aware of that is, is probably uh, the first thing you know, of many things they will want. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the show. You can find out more about us and sign up to receive updates at twocentdad.com. If you liked what you heard or just want to say hi, you can shoot me an email at mike at twocentdad.com. Please leave a review on iTunes if you like the show. It helps us to get the word out to the most people possible. The podcast production is done by Maria Van Dyken, and the show is made possible through the support of EC Group International, building software teams since 1999.